Welcome to the official podcast of the Facebook sensation, Useless AFL Stats. I'll be your host, self-described Jack Steel fanboy, Mitchell Stevens, accompanied by the creator himself, Aaron Della Della Porte, along with stats guru Liam Crowy Crowhurst. We bring you all the stats you never knew you needed, along with lots of laughs and banter. This is Useless AFL Stats. Here we go. To Ashman again. Ashman a hand pass to goal. This is another goal. Oh, you donkey. Well, how about that? That was the worst and most pathetic effort I think I've ever seen by anybody whose team needed a goal. Welcome, guys, to Useless AFL Stats, Episode 3. It's been a woeful week for us on uh, the podcast here, including our guest, uh, all of our teams losing by a significant margin. Uh, But here's the important stat that we talked about last week. Carlton uh, not conceding uh, goals in the first quarter two weeks in a row. They hadn't done that since 1995 when they won the premiership. Uh, new stat they have just done the first time they've ever recorded 50 plus point wins four weeks in a row Uh, Liam is there anything in this uh, can the Carlton fans start getting ready for finals I I well and truly think that the lid is off for the Blue Baggers at the moment they are absolutely on fire they've got all the omens from last week 1995 omens uh, they've been well on top. They've broken a 13-game uh, win streak by the power. Um, I, I think it's ready to start booking those September those uh, September tickets. Um, they're beckoning. So uh, yeah. So last last week they beat Della's uh, Fremantle at home, which uh, caused him to have some heartache. Now they've beaten your team, Liam. Uh, I can confirm that St Kilda did beat Carlton early in the year. Um, but Della, uh, you brought up a stat to me in our chat group, which wasn't exactly the nicest stat. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so that was a combined margin of our four teams, including our guest Tim, who unfortunately is an Essendon supporter. Bad week for Tim to get on. We'll introduce him shortly and... Uh, advanced apologies for all the Essendon stats. Um, I'm sure you've been tagged in quite a few. Uh, but you, Mitch, with, with St Kilda, a disappointing loss to Gold Coast. Liam's already mentioned the Powers 13-game winning streak obliterated by Carlton. Um, uh, Essendon, shocking, didn't didn't turn up down at uh, GMHBA. And, of course, uh, I don't think Freo were ever expected to beat Collingwood, but um, 199 points combined so I'm not sure who's which team is going to take the credit for not letting it get over 200 this week (laughs) but hopefully we'll all do a lot better next week yeah well that uh takes us to our guest Tim from the podcast kick to kick you are an Essendon fan so did you have to think twice before coming on this podcast Look, no, no, I, uh, I do love talking football history. I did listen to your first podcast. I, th- I think it was the intro where you're like, oh, we'll, just, we'll get an Essendon supporter on and we'll, just, we'll give them shit most of the time. <laughs> so I've, I've, come, I've come with my, my defences up and I'm ready to go. Yeah, fantastic. But, yeah. But, but thank you for having me on the show, though. Very, uh, very honoured to be here. No worries. Thank you, Tim. And I just wanted to start with um, asking about 
this round's loss to Geelong. It was obviously uh, the the Scots brothers uh, mm-hmm. coaching against each other, um, which kind of brings out like a final finals mentality. Do you, do you think because it was like a finals mentality, that's why Essendon lost? Oh, oh, oh. Um, um, no, my, I, I think that Essendon get ahead of themselves. And I think I'll talk later about why I don't want Essendon to make finals this year. But the last, you know, after our win against Adelaide, everyone was up and about and, you know, Essendon's really finally turned the corner. Um, so I think they were drinking a bit of their own bathwater there and buying into it. And that's, I think that's why we had a, such a bad season last year as well. So it wasn't boding well. And Geelong have just had our measure. I think they've won, I think we've only beaten them five times since 2004. Yeah, I think they, they they've got our measure, and if you look back, two thousand and four was also the last time we won a final. There you go. Do you think there was an element yeah. of ground unfamiliarity, given Essendon only played there about four times in uh, in their history? Well, well, we haven't played there since ninety ninety three, apart from during COVID, where we played the Cats as well. Um, but probably a bit of that. Yeah, we. I mean, we've only got at, at the hangar. We've only got grounds of the shape like. Eddie Hat or Marvel Stadium, the MCG, we haven't factored in, Cardinia. Yeah, there you go. Well, uh, let's uh, get into some quick observations for the round. Uh, Della, did you have any observations this week? Well, it was a great start to the round with that um, surprising comeback by uh, Melbourne over Brisbane, probably one of the games of the year. And then, um, of course, as we went along, it sort of uh, changed from those first two great games to um, the uh, AFL scheduling two absolute blockbusters on the Sunday 18th versus 14th and uh, 16th versus 17th and, and gee, they lived up to uh, their their billing but um, I did notice Oscar Allen um, kick, kicked another couple of goals for um, for West Coast he looked like he had a broken arm at one stage so it was a great effort to, to come back and the Eagles had a few injuries once again but um, they, uh, they managed to um, only lose by, what, 28 or 30, uh, which is uh, which is not too bad for them. But um, back to Oscar Allen, I think he's kicked um, 40-odd goals for the for the year and the, and the Eagles have only kicked 130-odd. So I might get in early with my question to Liam and, and ask, um, what's the highest percentage of goals that a person's kicked for the, the wooden spoon team and how Oscar, Oscar Allen fares amongst amongst that? That's a great question, Della. I'll get back to you during the podcast. Can I, can I have a guess at that? Hit me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know there's a guy called Oscar Baker. I uh, told Charlie Baker, who played for the Saints in 1902, kicked 30 of their goals, 30 of their 62 goals that season. Wow. He might be up there. That's got to be up there. That's what, close to 50%, so... Yeah, I know the uh, the great Roy Park, who you mentioned on your podcast. Yeah, he, he little, kicked uh, uh, little doctor. He kicked quite a few uh, for University, one of our our favourite clubs on the, on the yeah, useless absolutely. stats platform. <laughs> we don't, we, we love try and squeeze them in stat. when we can. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Roy Park, I think he kicked fifty three of a hundred and something, but probably not forty six percent, but probably up close to forty percent, I think. Anyway, yeah, and he kicked. He he um, won the Coleman or won the leading goal kicker in a team that didn't win a game. Yeah, that's amazing. Tremendous effort. Um, yeah. One thing I noticed from this weekend is that the Demons versus Lions game was very swingy. There was two kind of 
patches of dominance. And uh, you'll see in the first quarter, at the end of the first quarter, uh, Melbourne leading by 24 points. And then that came down to zero at halftime and then went down to negative 25 margin before ending at a one-point win uh, by the Ds, I believe. So a truly tremendous kind of swimming, swinging game. And what you can do is you can approximate this by using a sine curve. Um, so a good friend of mine at the AFL Lab on Twitter, uh, at AFL Lab, he's put together the sine, fun- the sine function that best approximates this, and it's 22 sine uh, quarters times pi over 2. Uh, and that's the equation of that game. Perfectly approximates a sine function. Um, and in the future, we'll probably go back and see whether any other games that approximated this sine function. Um, yeah. Truly fascinating stuff. We had a stack of questions come through on that, and I was like, uh, what the hell is a sine <laughs> function? <laughs> Liam, Liam, take that one, please. <laughs> but I'm glad someone out there knows what it is. And I'm interested to see the results, even though I've got no idea what it means. It's some, some maths thing. Yeah. Well, well, Liam has... Do you have a master's in maths or something like that? No, just a degree. Just a regular one. Just a and degree. I'm putting it to use by doing all these random stats. Getting my money's well, worth. I, I, doing God's work, go. mate. God's work. Yeah. I have a degree in sports science. And uh, in my third year of... Uh, or maybe my second year of uh, university... I wanted to do some tutoring, get a bit of extra money. I thought maybe I'd teach human movement or human biology or something like that. And they gave me uh, calculus. Like I had to, I had to take calculus, and it's because I I got a good score on it, but it wasn't exactly something I wanted to do. But it made me a bit of money, and they all passed. So um, surely you know what a sine function is, though. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> so um, let's get on to Crowy's homework. Crowy, can you do my homework too? Yeah, so Crowy's mailbag, I'm going to resort to what I did in uh, in high school and just copy from my friends. Uh, so Lincoln uh, has already sent in a message already doing my homework for me, so I'm just going to ruthlessly copy from him. Um, just, we hi guys. We might need to redo the, we might need to do the, re, the sting to Lincoln's homework. Yeah, Lincoln's homework. He's going <laughs> to take my own segment. Uh, so we were asked about what is the smallest, largest loss an eventual premier has had in a season. Uh, so oops, the message reads, just in case Liam forgot to do his homework or his dog ate it. I believe the answer to Chris's question is five points. This happened in round four, 1918, when South Melbourne lost to St. Kilda by five points. It was their only loss for the season and they went on to win it. Uh, the second smallest, largest loss by an eventual premier is also the team that only was, lost one game of the season when the Bulldogs defeated Essendon by 11 in round 21, 2000. Uh, very famous match, that one. Very, very famous, famous match. I can I can tell you about that 1918 one as well if you want a bit of history. Please. Cool. So, um, so South Melbourne had a very good team. They were invited up to the Dandenong Ranges. I think one of their sponsors was up there, and they had a, quite a big night the night before. Um, they were late to the game. They rocked up a little bit tipsy, a little bit hungover, and that's how St Kilda was able to beat them in that one game. 
So much so, the next year when they played St Kilda for the first time, they were really angry about it. And I think you'll see the highest quarter score ever is that game where I think they kicked 19 goals in the last quarter. They absolutely demolished St Kilda as a bit of a revenge for the year before when they ruined their perfect record. So St Kilda defeated the Premiers. That's all I'm hearing now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a bit late. Uh, it was a lakeside, uh, lakeside rivalry then as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. So thanks, thanks to Lincoln for sending that in. Uh, truly uh, tremendous stats. Thanks for helping us out. Yeah. I'm glad we've got someone listening to us. All right. So, Tim, uh, you set yourself a goal of having started in November 2017 uh, with episode zero uh, detailing uh, some pre-official VFL history, 1856. To 1896 now i didn't even know that existed and the ambitious task of going through the history of every vf vfl afl season now episode 134 uh the which is 1985 season uh but in reality you've done a lot more with your weekly podcasts uh through through in the, in the mix uh you have about 155 footy podcast episodes out there that's a bloody great effort, mate, and something you must be proud of. Yeah, I mean, when you when you break it down like that, absolutely. Since two thousand seventeen, that's that's a that's a long relationship I've had with Charlie doing those podcasts. Um, it's probably second to only my wife and my job, or third <laughs> to only my wife and my job there. Um, yeah, so we we set that goal originally, and I'm a, I'm a bit embarrassed by that first episode, like I think most people are with podcasting, especially because. We, we've had we look back now we got a lot of that history wrong the the pre 1897 history it's it, i mean it's hard to get information about but we got a lot of it wrong i had a guy email me recently actually kind of spelling out every single mistake we made in that first episode wow. <laughs> um, that happens after every post i put up on yeah, every post we put yeah, up there's, there's always, always someone someone in the comments yeah <laughs> yeah and so we, we started 1897 and we we, we now, we've kind of relied on a few books. This this one you're probably familiar with, the 100 Years of Football book that was put out for the centenary. There's another one called The Clubs, but we realised pretty quickly these are not great resources. There's quite a lot of mistakes in there. Um, one, of the, one of them being there's an Essendon player called Hugh Gavin who was awarded the champion of the colony in 1899. I mean, he was so good he won this while playing in Perth, <laughs> even though it was a Victorian award. So if, if the award actually exists as well, there's a lot of speculation on that. Um, yeah, so we, we've we been rolling through every season. Well, each episode is one season. We've been rolling through that since 2017. We got up to 1985. Um, we always get asked, you know, what are you going to do when you catch up? So this is this year we, we changed things slightly we um we, we we're catching up we're up to 1985 we're into my lifetime now um and so we slowed down we decided this year we'd we do a, a weekly episode just covering the round that had been trying to tie that back to history a little bit like you guys are doing with this as well uh good stuff so yes yes i'm very proud of it <laughs> I, w- I went back and listened to your first podcast and i must say yeah you de- you definitely did improve it but I noticed in the first podcast that um, each of the crew uh, gave a brief rundown on who they supported and why. And it was interesting that uh, you became an Essendon supporter because your kindergarten teacher went for went for Essendon. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure too many people have done that. Yeah, well, there's more. There's more to that story because she. The story goes she was asking everyone in the class who they who they support 
and um, I decided I'd go for the same team as her. So I got home, I got out of kinder and I said to my mum, I might bomber for the bombers because I didn't know the word barrack. Um, and she's like, oh, okay, th- I think you mean barrack. But luckily she was an Essendon supporter as well, as was my grandfather and, and so forth. So it, fit, it fitted nicely. So I was allowed to stay in the family house. <laughs> oh, well, along with that, you also mentioned that uh, the stat that Essendon had the longest streak of not winning a final. And here we are nearly six years later and... Um, Gee, our page has really got some mileage out of that one. So, <laughs> do, you, do you secretly hate us for taking the piss out of Essendon so much? I, I bet you wish. No. Do you, do you wish the streak continues, or you, you secretly wish it continues? <laughs> well, hopefully, it continues for a, a little bit longer because you know I've got plans. Um, but no, it doesn't worry me at all because every club has these. You got Collingwood losing grand finals. Melbourne supporters going skiing. Mm-hmm. North Melbourne. Haven't did I have fans? Richmond finishing ninth, Carlton sacking coaches. Every club has one of these. Port Adelaide one hundred and nineteen. St Kilda, St Kilda's always been successful uh, at losing <laughs> finals. So yeah, we, we have a joke. We call it St Kilda dust. They just sprinkle on things when suddenly things look good. They sprinkle a bit of St Kilda dust, and somehow it upsets the apple cart, and things turn to shit. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no, everyone has one of those, and I think I was. You know, I think we're up to six thousand eight hundred eighty-nine days at the moment. Nowhere near the the all-time record. I think was which is eighteen thousand six hundred twenty. Nowhere near it. But you're you're uh, you've got a current theory going that um, Essendon shouldn't play finals this year, which is a bit counterintuitive as a supporter because uh, I'm sure most supporters want their team to make finals. So can you run us through that? I know you've already touched on it. <laughs> sure. So. So 20 years, I mean, 20 years doesn't sound like that long compared to some teams, especially, you know, that South Melbourne stat I just read out. But we, we've had so many false dawns and, you know, we seem to make the finals every second year just to be bundled out straight away and that streak continues. So I'm, I'm happy to, to, this is just a development year. I'm happy for lots of close losses working, you know, a bit like Brisbane in 2018 when Fagan took over. If you remember, they were really competitive. They changed their game plan. I think they finished like 17th or something. Like they, they still finished quite low, but they had a lot of competitive losses to then bounce up the next year. So I don't want to make finals just to get bundled out again. I'd prefer to go for top four next year to give us a proper shot because we're not winning the flag this year. And if you go back to last, so end of 20, 2021, we made the finals. We, we could have beaten the Bulldogs if Cody Waitman hadn't staged for a few free kicks. And we came into the next season. No, um, I think it was... Mick Mulhouse tipped us for the flag. We knocked off the Bulldogs in like a preseason game in early February, and everyone was all up and about. And I think we just we got too hyped, and that just our season fell to shit. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's that's my theory. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see if that stacks up uh, in the future. Um, so you've got a you you do a weekly weekly segment uh, backwards backwards and coming forwards uh, recap yeah so we kind of rebranded a bit there yep, yep backwards and coming backwards forwards. and coming forwards yep. so you recap the round and it mentions a lot of good footy stats but most of them are more useful than we like uh, <laughs> for, for our liking um, but there's some interesting ones that always come up like the scoregamis is a particularly useless AFL yep. stat that has really taken off in popularity. Um, yeah, hasn't it? Is, is, is that one of your favourite uh, useless stats that pops up? Um, I just, it just surprises me that these can still happen. Like in, in a game that's been, I mean, if we go back VFA, VFL, like since 1897, this score has never, this combination of scores has never happened. It just, 
it's incredible because there's, there's so much history behind the game that almost everything has happened before. So for these little things to not have happened is, is quite unique. Yeah. Um, for, for those listening, if you follow uh, Matter of Stats on Twitter, he does some fantastic scoregami uh, visualizations and you can pick out certain scores that haven't existed yet or which ones are the most popular um, yeah, West Coast is definitely helping. West Coast, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> having a scoregami blitz at West Coast. How, how, do we know how many of the scoregamis have been from West Coast games this year? That's a good question. We might have to get back Seems to like you on every, that one. Nearly every week there they are. There you go, Liam. Go go have a look at that. That's probably a homework question. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Now, uh, history of the game uh, and how it's evolved is definitely a great subject. And great kind of history to look at, uh, you know, looking back at the, you know, especially the 70s and 80s. They, they like to talk about the uh, how great footy was back then. Uh, I would know because I was born in 88, but uh, it's evolved a lot and you've put a lot of study into it. Uh, what, what are some of the key obs- observations or highlights that you've seen in that study? Uh, like I said, almost everything has happened before. Like there's there's very few things that haven't happened. Like do you, do you remember a few years ago when Dane Rampey shook the goalpost and then mm-hmm. when they beat us and then we had that shot after the mm-hmm. siren? Yeah. When that happened, a heap of people jumped on like, oh, this this reminds me of 1923 or like other players had happened had done it. So there's very few things that have happened before. So I, I just I love those links back in the stories and and I think we've got to you know work really hard to keep that stuff alive because yeah. yeah. there's not a lot of people who know that. So you know <laughs> me being able to tell you what happened in 18, 1918 with that South Melbourne St Kilda game is part of that. Just trying to keep these stories alive and that's I think what I love about it is you know just the reminiscing and the the finding out ourselves. That's half the reason we did this show was to to find out our, ourselves what the history of the game is. Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. And one of the questions we get a lot is um, is on suspensions and fines and tribunal decisions. And that part of the game has never really been accurately catalogued. Like there's been a few different books, but um, I must say thanks to you, Tim, because you got me in touch with another fella who's um, he's even sent me a more up to date list of suspensions than what you originally gave me and we're hoping we're hoping down the track once i um sift through it a bit to um do some more useless stats on suspensions but there is some amazing stuff in there like guys getting you know 46 weeks for striking and things like that and then you see you know josh rochelle punched a guy although it's a bit debatable whether he actually contacted or not you know and he got and he got and he only got two weeks for that and back in that the day with no video referrals and stuff like that, it could have been it could have been anything. Could have been career ending for some some guys. Back in those days, if you punch someone, you punch someone though. So maybe these and days, there's no, there no cameras either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the other things that's, that sticks. Sorry, I'm, I'm diverging off the thing here, but um, mo- as you guys know, the ma- major stats weren't taken until 1965. So that's a really hard one. So last last week when Scott Pendlebury broke the all-time record, it's not the all-time record. It's the record since 1965. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows, Dick Reynolds or Hayden Bunton or, you know, Laurie Nash probably would have bro- could have had that much back in his day. And Jack Jack Dyer was a big one as well. There was 312 yeah, games 300 versus games. 311. Yeah. Like, do, do you have a particular yeah. take on that situation? Oh, I do, actually. I know, I know about that because I helped... 
Um, so we so through all our work, we've met a lot of the historians, and so we we've been in contact with Rhett Bartlett, the Richmond historian. Um, and we asked him a question similar to the way you guys ask questions, and you know, we, there was a discrepancy there, um, and I think there was a state game that was attributed to him, or there's something That's along right, those lines yeah. that, yeah. And yeah. so there's quite a lot of players along those lines. What was what was the process like uh, for getting that officially changed by the AFL? Uh, you'd have to talk to Rhett because all I did was ask a question and he's like, oh, I'm not sure about that. And he went through this big process of trying to find it and, and worked it out. It's like when Ablett got credited with an extra goal a few years ago as well. <laughs> yep. that, was just, that was just researchers like us just watching tapes and realising he'd actually kicked it, not the other player. Back on that Penderbury um, uh, disposal record, it was interesting that yep. um, I heard Nick Del Santo um, bring up that... Um, uh, Nick Dacos um, is on track to reach Scott Pendleby's record in his 250th game. And I sort of like <laughs> it now as a, as a reference point, you know. How, how many games till someone breaks? Pin that. Oh, yeah. I reckon Harry Sheasel might be on track as well. So yeah. It could be uh, something that comes into the uh, AFL vernacular. It's those how, kick-ins, how man. Many games, how many games are you from uh, Scott, Scott Pendlebury's record? <laughs> man, it's the kick-ins. It's a raw... I'm going to put on my tinfoil hat. <laughs> okay. We actually had a... Um, I don't know if it's going to come in, up in the mailbag. Someone asked um, if we had the record of who had the most kick-ins that weren't kicks because they kicked them from the square. I don't know if you saw that one, Liam. Add it to your list if you haven't. <laughs> but um, Moving on, um, I wanted to ask Tim about the music that's played in his show because it's, it's something that... Um, you don't hear in, in uh, many AFL podcasts. I listen to quite a few. And I um, something that I enjoy. And my, my favourite song is um more recent one, Picket Palace's uh, Anthony McDonald, Tip of Woody. Kicking which is Woody. a real cracker, which came out a few years ago, yeah. Kicking goals, kicking, chasing down. Um, but your... I want to I wanna get your spin on, on the music side of things, Tim, and maybe, uh, maybe a top five best songs, best footy songs. Top fives. Well, one of the things we used to enjoy was we'd find lyrics to old songs in the newspapers and we'd try to re-record them. So we've done that a little bit. We even had to go up recording our own university song as well at one stage. Um, but my top five footy songs, I've had to think about this. I'm going to go in order as well. So number five is a song called It's Football Season, which was, I think, one of the B-sides the Fable Singers recorded when they did the original theme songs. Um, then we've got uh, my next one is We Love Football which was an 80s promo song it was like a rap each, each of the club had a representative I'd love to start a petition to get that redone yeah. just now because it's so lame but so awesome at the same time um, number three would be the draw song I'm a big big fan of that and I try to I tend to post that on Twitter every time there's a draw Yeah, I, I know it'll never be played at games but I just I love it number two uh, would be That's the Thing About Football Greg Champion yeah it's iconic um, isn't it I, yeah, I had the I had the single growing up of that as well. I just loved it. Um, number one is also another Greek champion song, uh, "Red Hot Go." It just has all the football cliches, and, and I just I love that song. Yeah. Uh, now, would I remember St Kilda? Especially, I think Nick Rewalt was the captain at the time. Redid the oh, and the yes. Saints did that. Has got to be one of the worst I've ever seen. It was that just, was that was for a short film as well, I believe. Yeah, it was just horrific. Well, one of my favourite footy songs, I think, is Tism's Father and Son, uh, Winmar and Lockett. Winmar, 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 Lockett. 
is a good one. And they also did Greg the Stop Sign with a whole bunch of Saints players as well. And they got the uh, that classic song, I Root of the Girl, that Root of the Guy, the Girl, that Root of the Guy. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, we got a lot of love when we did our Tism All-Stars, didn't we? Yeah, that was... <laughs> and he wasn't that being mentioned by Tism. Uh, absolute cracker. Have you heard the... Um, you probably you must have heard it. Tame Impala redid... Or did a, did a different version of Frio's theme song. You sure it wasn't Eskimo Joe? No, I think it... Oh, I'm pretty sure it's I've Tame heard Impala. The es- the it might have been. I'm sorry, I'm... They play it at I remember every game. When, oh... I don't know if I have actually, but I remember when Freya were thinking about changing their song, Eskimo Joe submitted a version. Yes. I actually really like that song. That's a different one. and all, yeah, It is a different one, you're both right. Both of them are way better than Freya's current song. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's not hard. Give me a sec. So we like to invent our own awards, and your show has quite a few neat unique things in it with the uh, curse of the president's uh, curse of the president's wife and uh, the postmaster general game uh for anyone who hasn't listened uh, can you run through uh what those are yeah sure um the curse of the president's wife was we noticed early on that the team that won the premiership often didn't win their first game and so every every first game at their home ground the wife's president so the president's wife would hoist the flag. And so uh, we just came across, we just thought that was a fun name for it, the curse of the president's wife, because the day they're hoisting the flag, they lost. So there was a run there, I think, between the early 1900s and 1920, where more often than not, the premiers, the reigning premiers lost their opening game or when that was happening. Um, so we, we've kind of tracked that along. And then the other one, well, the postmaster general game is just a silly game I used to play with some friends. We just try to um, predict how many po- posters there'd be in a game. <laughs> And the the winner got the Postmaster General's hat, which I, I have sitting up over behind me, which I wish I was wearing now. <laughs> I was going to ask if you had the hat there. I think the most the most in a game was like eleven. So um, yeah. I, th- I think you're better off if you want to win that game is just predicting either one or two and flipping a coin. Uh. Yeah, I was just about to say that, Liam. Is the um. We get so many questions about posters, and I really wish we had more data on on uh, hitting the post. As soon as there's a game where there's a few posters in the first quarter, it's like, how many, what's the record? How many posters? Mm. Who's, hit the most, who's hit the most posts during the career? Um, but yeah, I reckon I reckon like a one, two, or three is probably going to be the most common uh, yeah, result. Usually, yeah, usually between one and five was the the kind of range. It's actually rare. Uh, for a game to happen without the ball hitting the post, I reckon. Yeah, good one. I don't know if we can somehow work that <laughs> no, out. We literally cannot verify cause... that, so don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, rumour has it, Tim, uh, that you're also a mascot in the VFL, uh, which we'll definitely be posting on our Facebook uh, page. Now, do you think AFL mascots uh, are like, underrepresented on um, media platforms and so on. We, there's so much talk about umpires and, you know, generally they're rubbish, but everybody loves the mascots and no one talks about them. Yeah, remember, you know, 15 years ago they had the whole mascot manor and they even had their own CD-ROM and there was a TV show. I had, I that, I had that one, yep. <laughs> As a little <laughs> kid, yeah. They've really they've forgotten about them, haven't they? Um, yeah, so I did, I did mascoting for one season in the VFL 
Um, and that's a whole different beast because VFL was, you know, you can go onto the ground during quarter time and three-quarter time. Um, so my job, I was, I was representing TXU at the time, and we had to go to every game that was televised and just kind of dance around and appear on screen and hand out jelly beans. Um, and there was kind of no holds barred. It was one person in the suit and one person was like the minder. And the person in the suit was this ridiculous blue ball that came up from your waist, had this big mouth, uh, these ridiculous pants and big black shoes, and you kind of your arms were stuck out in front of you like lurch. You couldn't <laughs> see anything. So we had kids like throw rocks at us and kick me, and they, they just they took advantage. Whereas the AFL mascots, they just they're prancing around the oval taking photos with people. They, I mean, I did the hard yards. Those guys in the AFL, the mascots, they've got it easy. Yeah. When to be honest, every time I see a mascot or someone dressed up in something like that, you know, there, there is this like inner person saying, "Punch them <laughs> right in the <laughs> right in the gut." It's and, so soft uh, it can't possibly hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, the suit was fine, but the legs like you can get my legs pretty badly. Yeah, uh, good, good to know. Uh, <laughs> for any listeners out there, get the legs. They should um, bring bring a, a mascot race to the grand final. Like they have the players do the running race. They should have a mascot race. That'd I've definitely crackers. seen a mascot race somewhere. Yeah, it's I'm an American sure thing. Where. We copy yeah. everything else from America. We might as well copy that because that yeah. that's actually something good. In my, yeah. in my mind, Johnny yeah. Do- Johnny Docker mate, he was sprint down yeah. there. What would you rather a a, a um a umpire race? Like seeing who's the quickest umpire or a mascot race? Seriously? That's not even a question. <laughs> I'm a mascot race for the comedy value. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Cozy Home Loans, a proud supporter of useless AFL stats, is offering a July special of $1,000 cash back on any refinance over 500000 on top of any lender cashback offers with $5,000 total available with some lenders. Email at refi at cozyhomeloans.com.au or call friend of the podcast, David Cosgrove, at 0412-624-312. And don't forget to mention useless AFL stats for this exclusive offer. Independent, trustworthy, and experienced. Give Cozy Home Loans a call and find out how you can save thousands on your home loan. All right. Let's get into some stats. It's Crowey's Mailbag. Oh my gosh. It's Crowey's Big Mailbag. Yes, we are back with Crowey's Mailbag. Uh, we've had some really good, really good uh, listener questions being submitted. Uh, this first one comes from Will Watson. Thanks for sending this in. <clears throat> Three games in the round just completed have had a points total of 128. Uh, I'd be interested to know if there's been a round with four or more games having the same points totals. So in this round, if you add both the home and away score together, um, you get 128. And I've had a look, and this is only this hasn't very this hasn't happened very often. Uh, I believe that this is the sixth time in VFL AFL history uh, that this has happened. There you go. Did Lincoln answer that question for you? No, that was me. I've got the ask <laughs> right here to prove it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so the most recent 
the most recent time that's happened is in 2021, uh, round 16, Sydney versus West. Uh, so they totaled to 144, happened three times. Interestingly, this round uh, with total scores of 128, that's the lowest that's ever occurred, uh, with the highest being 206 in 2012. Uh, Richmond, Carlton, North Melbourne, Essendon, Fremantle, Geelong, all totaling 206 points together. So that's a, that's a really good stat. So there hasn't been four. Um, four has never happened. Your question. Well, come on four next week. Next week for four. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> the next question comes in from Connor Clements. Hey, folks, love your work. Saw this post and it's got me thinking, how many players have debuted in a loss to Gold Coast? Can't imagine that there would be many. So this is in relation to uh, Paris who debuted for St. Kilda this weekend. Unfortunately, it was a loss. Um, another Jack. Another Jack, Jack Paris. Um, famous famous son, I believe. Yes, yes. famous Nova. son of Nova, yeah, Olympian. But the 86th Jack for uh, St. Kilda. In the last uh, two years or in... Yeah, <laughs> in their history. Seems of, like it. Um, St. Kilda are leading the Jack race. Uh, they've extended it by another one. Mm-hmm. Well out in front, so he, by the way. He becomes the 21st uh, player to debut in a loss to Gold Coast. Um, starting off with household names such as Bryce Retzlaff for Brisbane Lions <laughs> and uh, lesser-known players such as uh, Luke Davies, Uniaki, Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, Darcy Parrish, uh, Zach Fisher, Caleb Sarong, Caleb Poulter, Josh Gota. Uh, Zach Williams, just name a few. Uh, so well, there's nearly enough there for an for an All Stars team. Yeah. yeah, one more. I got, yeah, Bryce Retzlaff. I couldn't believe was a real name, um, but turns out turns out he is a player. I, I think I remember his name because I, I love my AFL fantasy and uh, always looking at the rookies to see who's who to pick up. So Retzlaff, I do remember the name. Uh, let's. I've just put up his AFL tables, and he's only had eleven games with three wins, eight losses. Yeah. So there you go. For for Brisbane. Did, did, did his ACL? Did he? Oh, oh that sucks. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Jack Paris joins those illustrious names. Uh, the next person we have. The next question comes from Ryan Manns. Uh, G'day, curious as to what the best super coach slash fantasy score is from a starting sub. Andrew Gaff has hit 51 at halftime and could be on track. Uh, so Gaff in the end only got 88 uh, at the end at full time. And so we do have sub stats. We know, that we know which players got subbed on or subbed off. Um, and this puts Gaff at the sixth highest fantasy score uh, by a subbed on player with 88. The highest being uh, Nick Newman for Carlton. He scored 111. 111 uh, being subbed on in 2021 round 15. Uh, other Other high ones up here, Tom Cutler for Essendon, 102. Jack Roche for Richmond, 96. Cam Guthrie, 89 for Geelong and Lockie Scholl, 89 for Adelaide, all being subbed on. Um, we can also have a look at the other way around. So these are your 
what's the opposite of an impact sub? Um, I don't know. Uh, Anti-impact. Some something. Yeah, whatever. The, whatever the opposite no is. Uh, no impact whatsoever. There have been five players with negative three fantasy points after being subbed on. Uh, Ryan Clark, Bo McCreary, Aidan Bonar twice, Robbie McComb, uh, and Bodie Uland. Bodie Uland, because Bodie I had Uland. him. <laughs> I, put him on, I literally put him on my field this year. It, it was in the buys. You only needed 18 players. Uh, your best 18 scores. I had about 20 players, but I saw Bodie Uland. Oh, my, get him on the field. All right. Let's see what he gets. Minus three. All right, that Sub, does not subbed count. on for a minus that, three. That does not count. Um, and there's another couple of negative scores: uh, Oscar Claverino with negative two, Braden Ham with negative one, and a couple of players on zero as well, all being subbed on. Uh, so that's thanks to Ryan for sending that question in. Fantastic question. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks Ryan. I just want to say I love it when we get these preemptive questions, like at halftime and quarter time. Like the the stat hasn't even happened yet, but but can you just check it out? Just in case, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to, I want to be I want to be first in, you know. You the best ones, the best ones are when a team is winning heavily. And can you check this stat out about us winning so many games and then next minute, um, oh, I just it kind of they come back on a bit later. Don't don't worry about it. <laughs> and I have a little I have a little chuckle. There's it's it's always one like half time and. One team hasn't kicked a hasn't kicked it behind yet, and we get thirty questions going. Oh, has there ever been a game finished with no behinds? Blah 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 blah. And then first minute into the third quarter, there's behind, and it's like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> um, love love those ones. People are thinking in question. advance. Uh, this next question comes in from Ken. Do you know the record number of games played by teammates? Hawkins and Duncan have played 250 together last night, and we believe the record is 307. Andrew McLeod and Tyson Edwards, um, the ultimate teammates, I have to say. Yeah. couple of premierships as well. Yeah. Um, McLeod, he was just beautiful to watch. Um, and Edwards, like, he's not someone you really... McLeod's someone you think about straight away, but Edwards was... He just... He was a good player. Um, but he was one of those players that was uh, underrated, I think. He just went about it and, and you know, if you play that many games, you've got to be good, right? So uh, you had people like Rashido and McLeod back then um, uh, and Edwards just went and he did really well. I, I remember um, him being pretty good in the uh, fantasy when I uh, first started doing fantasy. So that, that's gone back a while. Uh, let me just, sorry, I got to bring up the question because I, I got rid of it. Why don't we get uh, a question from Tim? Cause I know Tim's got a few questions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so my question was relating to the GWS Adelaide game. Also, how good were the Giants yesterday? Um, there was quite a few, uh, ex-captains on the field for both teams. I know Tex Walker and Rory Sloan. For the Crows and then for the Giants, you've got Josh Kelly and Callum Ward and Stephen Cornelio. Um, what, is there a record for number of, co- I guess, captains or ex-captains playing in a game? 
That's that's a really good question. Um, our our main database source is AFL Tables, which doesn't track who the captains are. Unfortunately, it only tracks the Port Adelaide captains because <laughs> uh, <laughs> they they make it easy for us. Yeah, so I actually had a, a tricky one. Had a bit of a look into this, and there's no um, definitive way to sort of answer it. But I think in terms of current players, I think you're right. That is the only possible game that can have the most because you've got the the three GWS players. Although I don't know if we can count um, Josh Kelly as a full captain because he was he was a split captain, so I only count them as a half a half a captain. Ah. <laughs> so then he, I, I was think. Do you remember back when Grant Thomas was coach of St Kilda, Mitch Ewood? Yes. And every year there was a different captain. So yeah. surely there's a game maybe against Sydney who had, I think they had three co-captains at one stage, yeah. maybe yep. in 2010-11 where there might have been a heap of ex-captains playing. Yeah, I remember yeah, so you're spot there on. was so many. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right because um, I tried to have a go at approximating what, you know, what matchup might have had the most. And St Kilda from 2000 to 2008 had a different captain pretty much every year. They started with Robert Harvey, went to Aaron Hamill, then Lenny Hayes, then Nick Grewalt, then Luke Ball. Then they had a trio of captains and then Justin Kaczynski came in. Um, so at any one time towards the back end of that sort of stanza, there was about five players um, at St Kilda that uh, mm. were previous captains. So if you had a match-up, I think one or two was possibly only the most that could have been at any other club at that time. Um, so six or seven is probably the record. Are we, just, are we talking about previous captains? Just previous yeah. captains? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, obviously, uh, yeah. Because no, you would otherwise you look at 2007. Yeah. 2007 what about future Lions. captains? <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Yeah, it is a good question, actually. There'd be a few, there'd be a few possibilities there. So, yeah, if, if, if anyone listening's got a data set of captains that they can send us, that'd be great. Well, I'm, I'm just, I'm just looking at Sydney here, and you know, 2005 to seven, they had Barry Hall, Brett Kirk, and Leo Barry. Craig Bolton was thrown in there a few years later, and Adam Good. So, I mean, I reckon a St Kilda the Saint, Saint Swans Saints matchup would have been probably your answer. Yeah, there was also a year where Brisbane had five captains, believe it or not. It was just whoever's whoever's playing, you're a chance. Yeah, in 2007, Simon Black, Jonathan Brown, Chris Johnson, Nigel Lappin, and Luke Power. So I mean, they were, I mean, they were fairly handy players. But let's be honest. Whatever Brownie said, uh, I'm pretty sure went. Um, all right, that that uh, that's uh, interesting uh, to know that we probably have no idea. Uh, we're just no waffling idea. on here. But uh, Liam, have you got uh, that question up? Um, so I've got another one, an, another one from the mailbag. So we have Lockie Schuster, uh, who asks, when was the last time a VFL slash AFL team lined up with only players with the first letter of their surname in the first half of the alphabet? So we're looking for surnames of a particular team that start with the letter A all the way through to the letter M. Because this weekend <laughs> there was Essendon. Essendon's VFL yeah. team. There you Essendon's, go, Tim. Uh, Essendon's VFL team. They had a. They went from Archard all the way down to Moncara, and that was like. That's the entirety of their team. 
That was like 26 players too, not just the starting 22. Truly, truly impressive. So I've gone through and had a look and whether an AFL slash VFL team has done this and it has been done before, would you believe it? Um, In 1953... It's always been done before, hasn't it, Tim? It's always been (laughs) done before. That's the thing. In 1953, North Melbourne, they played two games uh, in rounds 13 and round 16 where they had... Uh, all their players starting with uh, a letter in the first half of the alphabet. So we have Alfred, Aylett, Brady, Brooker, Dynan, Easton, Edwards, Grumbo, Grant, Ick, Jared, Johnson, Johnson, Kelly, Larson, Lawrence, Machisi, Martin, McMahon, O'Halloran. So there you go. Very good. North Melbourne also were the first team to ever field... um, Five players with their surnames starting with the last five letters of the alphabet. Thanks to uh, Tristan Cherry. Spelled with an X. There you go. It's a good effort. Good effort. And I've got another completely random one. Speaking of speaking of letters, I know um, our first guest, Goxie, used to love the name one. So it's, I'm sending this out one out to Goxie. But on your keyboard, if you ever are as old as me and you went to school and had to learn how to type on a keyboard um certain keys you have to push with your left hand certain keys you have to push with your right hand um brad ebert is the only player in the entire afl history of the game it's the one-off whose uh, name can be typed only using one hand and that's the left so if you <laughs> if you have a look at your keyboard <laughs> Um, all the letters of Brad Ebert's full name have to be typed with your left hand if you're a professional typist, I including use, Brad I, as well. I I use I use my uh, right index finger for B, but I'm a, I I need to Sorry, I need to I need to go back to school. <laughs> there you go. You're doing it. You're doing it completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, Jeez, I, I use one finger was. Yeah, you meant I was going to say I use one finger, so technically every player that's ever played works for me. <laughs> Bonus stat there, special episode stat. There you go. Keep no, going, that, you got that more? puts that puts the useless in useless AFL stats. <laughs> that's very good. Oh, I, th- I think Roger, last Roger Federer is also. Um, sorry, I was going to just going to say that was inspired by Roger Federer being able to be typed with your left hand, but not way. Roger. Roger. Uh, oh, just, not Roger. Just Federer. Federer, yes. Just Federer. Federer. Sorry. Yeah. Federer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Brad Ebert's his whole name. That's the impressive thing. Could you get Brett Ebert as well? Brett. Brett Ebert. Yeah. Oh, I suppose you Brad, could get Brett. Brad and Brett. Both of them. There oh, you go. Don't listen to Della. Well, Brad was the first. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just on that. Just on the last stat about players with uh, their, their surname starting in the last half. So I think I, I, think I misspelled. So o, O'Halloran, unfortunately, isn't in the first half of the alphabet. So we have to go back to 1915, where we have St. Kilda in 1915. All their players were in the first half of the alphabet. You have Balm, Boyd, Kazali, Collins, Cumberland, Dangerfield, Dinsmore, Ike, Ellis, Hatton, James, James, Jory, Lever, Larry, Maloney, Manson, and Moyes. So you've got to go back to 1915. Apologies yeah. for that slight mistake in that previous step. Yeah, there, there brings up a, a song there, Tim, Kazali. It does. 99 games for the Saints, 99 games for the Swans. 
There you go. Fantastic. He's, he's done the inverse um, Mitch Robertson uh, <laughs> of getting uh, 100 games for two different teams. No, he didn't get 100. He got 99. Oh, sorry. Yeah, the sorry, other sorry. way. Inverse, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. And that, I, I think that brings us to the end of uh, Crowey's mailbag. So, uh, I've got another one. Um, I know it's in the mailbag. And again, um, me being the founder of Useless Stats, I've uselessly forgotten who sent it in. But it was, de- but it was about Port Adelaide's percentage. And interestingly enough, Port Adelaide, of course, only lost the two games this year by 71 um, uh, this weekend, of course. And, uh, sorry, was it? No, 50. 51. And anyway, their, um, their percentage is under 115, um, and they're sitting second on the ladder. So someone asked, what's the lowest percentage to be sitting second on the ladder? I couldn't... I, I didn't have the time to go through every single round, but I just looked at end-of-year ladders. The last time someone was sitting uh, or finished second with less than 115% was Port Adelaide in 2007. And, of course, we know what happened back in 2007 for Port Adelaide. Uh, la, 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 I can't hear you. <laughs> so it's not looking good for Port Adelaide to oh, finish second less than 115%. <laughs> So if you get anything from this podcast, one Carlton's going to win the premiership, yeah, Port and Port Adelaide are going to lose it. We're going to set a record. I, lo- I love how um, Tim's hoping for Essendon not to make the finals, and they're well in finals contention. And, and we play, and we play West Coast and North Melbourne as well, so we're going to make it. Yeah, the and thing. then you've got Carlton, <laughs> Carlton, who are not in the finals at the moment. They're sitting what ninth, and yet you've got like. Um, People, fully um, professional journalists, putting out that Harry McKay should be back in time for the finals and things like that. <laughs> and Carlton supporters are probably uh, that close to um, booking September off to celebrate. I reckon. <laughs> it's a it's a funny world we live in. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for Crowy's mailbag. Thank you for all the listeners that have sent in questions make sure that you keep sending them through and another reminder if you'd like to send an audio uh, question we'd love to hear it now uh tim uh for those listeners listening in that maybe haven't uh heard your uh podcast or seen you online before where can people find you um on the socials on the podcast and like that yeah great question um we are at kick to kick on twitter i think we're probably most prevalent on twitter i oh, sorry at kick to kick pod on twitter um kick to kick podcast at gmail.com if you want to email us and i think it's at kick to kick pod on instagram as well well worth well worth um having a listen or even going back to previous ones i mean if your team was up and about like you're a st kilda supporter go back and <laughs> yeah. listen 1966 yeah you've got you've only yeah. got one podcast you really need to listen to but um, yeah yeah. I'm a Frio supporter, so I don't, can't really listen to anything yet because we're not even invented. Not no. But uh, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. great fun listening in and hearing all the um, um, stories of, of yesteryear. It's certainly yeah. worth it, and I'm a bit of a history buff, so I, I sort of love it. And it's well presented by you guys. It's good how you sort of go through a lot of interesting trivia and tidbits. And, yes, and that's stats. the fun things. We've actually had to uh, we've had to split the episodes in half 
more recently because there's just too much information now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, just just before we wrap up, there was one question you had at the start of the pod, and that was relating to which player has kicked the highest percentage of a team's goals during a season. And Tim, you came through with the top answer, Charlie Baker. So round of applause. Thanks, guys. That was Thanks. a great kick. Hey. Great kick. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, did you already have that answer, or did you, did I give it to you? No, I no, I, I literally had to. Well, I had to check it against the yeah. data, the raw hard yeah. data. Uh, can you can you guess how many goals he got, and how many team goals? Thank you. I, I had it. He kicked thirty. They kicked sixty-four. Yeah, yep, there you go. He's, he's a, got yeah. a he's got Send a total dime. Forty-six percent of his team goals, slightly yeah. ahead of John Coleman, one hundred and three goals for Essendon's two hundred and twenty-eight in nineteen fifty-two. Yeah. Yeah, but yep. he did it in a reasonably handy team. He did. Ch- Charlie, uh, and Charlie did it in a diabolical wooden team. Wooden spoon, yeah. The team the, that had only won not many games in the last four or five seasons. Uh, the, yeah. the, the next highest ones are all... They're like Peter Hudson, John Coleman, Jack Murray. Was Roy, did Roy Park pop up on the, on the list? Uh, Roy Park, sorry. Yeah. Be there. Did Roy Park pop up? Yeah, Roy, Roy Park's there. Jack Collins, Bob Pratt, Jack Moriarty. Yep. George Maloney, Gordon Coventry, yeah. all featured. Yeah, all, all big names in the 20s and 30s there. Yeah. yeah. Harry Brereton going back to 1912 for Melbourne yep. as well. Yep. Fantastic. Well, thanks, uh, Liam. Thanks, Tim, for being uh, our guest this week. Uh, you've brought a lot of uh, knowledge and uh, a bit more intellect uh, than Aaron <laughs> and myself. Um, I won't say Liam because he has a, a degree in maths. Yeah. Um, so thank you very much. Make sure you, uh, listeners check out uh, uh, Tim's uh, Kick to Kick uh, podcast. Uh, going backwards to move. Going backwards to <laughs> Back, move forwards. Backwards and going forwards. Yeah. Backwards and going <laughs> yeah, forwards. Yeah. I will edit that. Going coming. I can't remember now. Um, Kick to Kick podcast is fine. We. Yeah. It's, it's like a soft rebrand. Yeah. Um, no, guys, thank you for having me. Um, I love what you guys do. It's very entertaining. We, we use it ourselves to you know, generate some of the discussion. Um, I've got I to be honest, I was expecting more of a, uh, a more bagging of Essendon tonight, but you've been pretty tame, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's another uh, 6,800 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah, got yeah. a few more left in us for Essendon. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll bring them yeah. out. So, uh, yeah. Obviously, listeners won't be able to view this, but um, my background is the 2004 Bombers uh, team. The last time they no, won not. a premiership. <laughs> no, it's not the 2004 team. You got you got Zerk Thatcher and Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. There's Redmond. Tip and Woody. Yeah. Aaron, look at Aaron Francis. That's a few years ago. Do I? Yeah, it's not. That's a that's a pretty recent team. You, oh you man, I downloaded the wrong one. <laughs> I bugged that one up. Anyway, they still didn't win a final. Well, yeah, anyway, <laughs> they still haven't won a final. All right. Well, thanks guys for listening to episode three of Useless AFL Stats. Uh, you can catch us on Facebook for all our content and uh, have a bit of fun and banter on there. Uh, have a great week and hope you uh, learnt something useless uh, throughout this podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the official Useless AFL Stats podcast. Catch us after every round for an informative, fun, but mainly useless podcast. Make sure you subscribe at your preferred streaming service. You can also find us 
and all of our content on the Useless AFL Stats Facebook page. If you're not smarter for listening to our podcast, at least you have something useless to tell your mates.